0: Those micro deposits changes drastically who you are in the future, right? Whether you're an athlete or you're an entrepreneur, whatever it is, it's those people that can consistently, and that's not perfection, consistently do the small things day in and day out, or maybe miss a day, but they're committed to being consistent. They're the ones in the long run that get the, that principle of compounding interest for habits because I, I, it happens with habits too. It's not just money, right? What you continually feed, you're growing and what you're nurturing, you're growing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Lifestyle Engineer Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Gennard, and today I have the privilege of chatting with Megan Henry. Welcome, Megan.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. How are you doing, yeah,
0: Matt? <laughs> so Megan is also known as the, the savage... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, before we get into this, can you explain your your nickname? <laughs> yeah, your nickname here.
1: So uh, it's the Savage Megalit. Um, I was given the nickname because of just throughout my life, but uh, particularly in the military, I'm small in stature. And that's where the Megalit part comes from. I guess piglet, Megalit, a small Megan, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and uh, the Savage, just because I am very have been resilient and persistent and very gritty and tenacious person. So, um, yeah, so I just kept it as my Instagram handle.
0: <laughs> I love it. Well, I was I was going to read it. And I said, I, I think to myself, I've never heard the word maglet before. I was like, yeah. do I know this word? <laughs> so I let you explain it instead. Um, Megan is a force to be reckoned with, known for grit, determination, resilience, and pers- perseverance, like you mentioned. A lifelong athlete, you competed in Division One field hockey and track. After joining the Army, your next athletic pursuit was to <laughs> do skeleton, right? And that's, I've watched it, I've never tried it, and uh, 80 miles per hour headfirst down ice, and you were with Team USA, an Army world class athlete program over a decade. Your dr- dr- dreams were put on hold though when you were diagnosed with a life Threatening blood clots or told you couldn't be an athlete again and I'm guessing that that just made you a little more determined so welcome <laughs> we're excited to dive a little bit deeper into all these topics today
1: thank you so I mean you're from Alberta, so you definitely know what skeleton is and winter sliding sports
0: <laughs> yes yeah, so ours is a little less sanctioned our ours is just find a big hill and <laughs> <laughs> grab a and go my wife she actually three years ago she just found out She loves tobogganing, so she'd get really excited about the winters heading down the slopes. Um,
1: That is fun. Well, they used to have a track in um, Calgary, and so I used to actually go train in Calgary, and then also there's one in in Whistler. Um, But yeah, so I mean, it gets freezing up there.
0: (laughs) Yes, Yes. We we don't lack ice here. I I can't remember when the Olympics were in Calgary. Uh, Eddie the Eagle, that was the movie we just watched recently. That would have been the year that it was there.
1: That's amazing. <laughs>
0: yeah. But anyway, so I really enjoy talking to people who have gone through struggles and then leverage these struggles, these pain points for purpose. And that's what you did. You did it for yourself, but you're also doing it when you coach people too. Definitely. So we'll get a little more into that that part of your life where you had to battle through a bit, but what was the transition from you overcoming this, this barrier and persevering and then helping other people do that yourself? Was it a natural progression?
1: Um, I, I think so. So I'll just give a really like brief rundown of, um, the life threatening experience that I had, which was, uh, pulmonary embolisms or blood clots in the lungs. And so it makes it very difficult to breathe and can be fatal if not caught quickly enough. Um, it can also cause heart attack, brain aneurysm. There's lots of very scary things that, that can happen from that. Um, and that was caused by a birth control that I was taking. And it happened to me. The I had just won um, a national championships in skeleton in the spring of 2012. And this happened in the fall. So it was going... Uh, 2012 to 2013 season and so it's the season before an olympic season and so it was you know sidetracked my uh, olympic plans for a bit and but when it had happened to me my mother uh, asked me because it was like a taboo in a way um you know what do you want to tell people what happened to you and i was like well i want to tell them what happened to me (laughs) and what caused it and so um, I think obviously that's a bit different than the question you're asking. How did I transition to, you know, being an athlete and and helping people with their mindset in the sports psychology realm? And I think that it's always come naturally to me. I'm a very uh, empathetic person, compassionate person. Um, I'm actually relatively introverted, <laughs> but I have always been able to. Provide perspective. I really like doing that for people. And I mean, you mentioned purpose. I saw on your like the flywheel uh, in your in your signature block and for a greater purpose. And uh, it reminds me of a, a balance wheel. And in like a typical balance wheel has similar things that you have in the in the flywheel there, um, spiritual, relationships, health, profession, financial, and when you look at all of those things. We have to have purpose in in each one of those things to keep it balanced. And um I'm actually curious what you would say purpose like what is your definition of purpose?
0: Yeah. Uh first of all, that's I think we can go into a couple more things there. I'm curious about your recovery through that and the mindset of that too. Purpose is so I'm like I'm I'm someone who likes to have their head in the clouds. (laughs) I like to be more of a dreamer and thinking what these things mean. And in terms of purpose, I've developed something or I've renamed something for myself is the anchor method. So whenever you're pursuing something right in the, the aspect of that fit five flywheel, you're talking about mental, physical, spiritual, relational, professional, you need to attach it to something of purpose. Right. So, when people are pursuing anything athletically or as a family or professionally, the ones that can maintain and adhere and be consistent with the things that they need to do to be successful are just people with a really strong why.
1: Definitely. So, in terms
0: of like a micro purpose, we're going to root ourselves to this micro purpose so that when we meet external friction, we just know we have a bigger reason. Why would you need to do this thing? And that's my guess is when you got this news, what would be your anchor for that? What was your anchor to continue push forward on this?
1: Uh, Like to continue with skeleton or to.
0: Well, when let's say someone, when they told you, you wouldn't be able to compete ever again. Yeah.
1: So um, when that happened, it was, so it was, interesting. I was training in Utah at the time. Um, it was in. I was in the best shape of my life, even to this day. I have not been as strong as I was at that time, which is wild. And um, so I was training six days a week, sometimes twice a day. And uh, granted, I was a little bit younger. I've altered my training style as I got older and valued recovery more and things like that. But um, then when this was happening, uh, I was Going to go take a combine test. So when you think of like the NFL combine, uh, you know, you're being evaluated on agility and uh sprinting and lifting. And so it's all just this physical assessment. And we do it every year. And I was training for this combine. And even the weeks leading up to it, so I had started this birth control in August of 2012. And within 10 days, I was starting to notice that I was having difficulty breathing. And um, I don't think the average Joe would probably have noticed that. And uh, I went to go take this combine test and I couldn't even jog a lap around the track. I just was so out of breath. And so I'm like, well, I can't warm up for this that because I need to save all my energy. And so I end up com- completing this whole combine. I, the first thing that you're evaluated on is a 45 meter sprint. And if you're an athlete of any kind and you're training for some sort of sprint distance, 45 meters is not that long and so i collapsed on the side just gasping for air could not breathe at all and it was relatively embarrassing of just like what is going on and um i end up finishing this combine and i went to um a total of five doctors in the span of i was finished with my time in utah i was starting to make uh my way back to lake placid we're based out of lake placid mostly Skelton. I'm from Connecticut. So I flew from uh, Utah to Florida. My boyfriend was in Florida at the time and then Florida to Connecticut. And I was seeing doctors like at every stop essentially. And I called my mom and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I, I can't breathe. I can't, I can barely walk up the stairs. And I had a, you know, my intuition had told me that it's this, it's this birth control. This is the only thing you've changed. And so I told that to everyone, but at the same time, your mind also justifies stuff. So um, like there were fires in Utah at the time, there was a lot of uh, forest fires. And so I'm like, Oh, maybe it's that or my, my teammate had mono, it could be that. But I told everybody that my story was very detailed, you know, <laughs> and so I end up seeing a pulmonologist and he's like, I have to send you or you know, right away, you've got to get in. Um, into an emergency imaging center because it was in the evening, I think. And so got to get you over there. This is really serious. I I hope that I'm wrong. And I end up going there and they did a CAT scan of my, my lungs and they were doing ultrasound of my legs. And I'm sitting in this room, this ultrasound room with very low dim lighting for some reason. And the nurse comes in and she hands me the phone and it's the doctor. And he's like, Megan, I'm really sorry to tell you that you have multiple bilateral pulmonary embolisms and i'm like okay well what does that mean <laughs> so nice. but i just started hysterically crying like i didn't even fully know what he was saying um but i just was hysterically crying instantly and so he was like it looks like somebody took paint and splattered it uh on your lungs and there's one off of the brain a uh, main branch of a pulmonary artery that's why you're having such difficulty breathing it's caused uh, an infarction. So a a dead area of tissue in your lung. And um, you know, you may never be an athlete ever again. And so I was like, what? Okay. (laughs) And so when you you say like, what is your purpose? in that, what I have told people in the past is, you know, we're all given a divine purpose when we come here as a human being. And Mine was to be an athlete and express my gifts athletically. That's what um, I have thought for my whole life. And I still feel that I still would say, you know, I'm retired from skeleton now, but I would still say that that is something that I came here to do. Um, It has now evolved to the mindset portion. Like I certainly help people who are non-athletes, but that's where my passion lies. My purpose is to help athletes and high achievers, high performers utilize their words, their stories and the power of their subconscious mind to create the reality that they want. And I'm really passionate about that and even through through that experience with blood clots, my passion was to help other people so that they could avoid the same experience that I had just because of the information that was not really out there at the time about with the birth control and I think ultimately the most rewarding purposes and the most rewarding wise tend to be when you are of service to other people. It's that, that's really the community. I know that, I think that's one of your, um, like the pillars and the flywheel is a connection piece. That's, Mm -hmm. that's huge as to why we are here and for this human experience. And, um, a lot of people though, don't know their purpose. They don't have, uh, and what I would say purpose is, is what do you want and why do you want it? And being, having it clearly defined and most people don't really know why. And, um, that's huge. Just even having some sort of clarity on what you want and writing it down is extremely, extremely powerful.
0: Absolutely. There's so many little things we could talk about in there, but it's, for me, it's this micro and macro purpose outlook. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't believe I'll know my full macro purpose while I'm here on earth still. I know I have a purpose here, but I can't, I don't know the whole story, but I can live with purpose each and every day with who I am. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you, if you, you attached your purpose solely to your athletic performance, your purpose would have stopped at that moment. Right. Right. And you've known who you were. So you're, I think a lot of, and we could go into this aspect too. A lot of young athletes. So I played. Um, competitive hockey growing up and we are pretty competitive sports town for hockey and a lot of athletes young and old get attached to this identity piece where hey, they're going to the game they're going to the professional level and if they don't make it they don't know who they are so how do you talk with athletes how do you use your story to get them to be competitive and pursue excellence but also have those conversations and say, hey, this isn't all you are in this world. There's more to this world than just being an athlete. Because I know once someone, if someone loses that, addictions, depression, all these different things can set in, right?
1: Definitely. And I, I've seen that with some of my close friends in sport as well. Like, I mean, so I didn't make an Olympic team either. And uh, I was very, very close there. I can certainly go into why that was um, just on a mental level and where my attention was going. But hmm. um, I have said to, to other athletes that I've coached, like, for example, um, in skeleton was a sport I competed in. I also coach people who do skeleton now, but I'm like, skeleton is what you do. It's not who you are. Like dude, there are so many aspects to you and um, it's, it is tough because in sports, when you have, for the most part, you have a short window of time when you are pursuing sports, especially at a high level, right? And so when you look at the balance wheel, there's certain, there's aspects that are unbalanced. It's a very unbalanced portion of your life when you're pursuing that. Um, usually the relationships piece is there. there's a, that's unbalanced um, this financial piece is just unbalanced. And so it's, it's, it is challenging. However, I think also focusing on one, the process, the journey and that experience, but also how are you showing up? Like, how are you showing up? How can you be an example to other people and be expressing gratitude and what it is that you're doing? Because ultimately, We participate in sports because it's fun. When we start out doing sports, when we're young, we start doing it because it's fun. And, you know, as you get older and you're like, and when it gets more serious, that that purpose of the fun gets lost. And so kind of having people like re-examine, like, again, it goes back to the why. Like, why are you here? Why did you even start wrestling? Why did you start doing skeleton, playing hockey, whatever the sport is? Uh, Knowing your why and the purpose is – like it really does come back to that, rediscovering what your purpose is through sport because ultimately Mm -hmm. that will carry over to uh, the other areas of the balance wheel or the flywheel. It does carry over into those. So um, that's that's what I've done in the past. And um, I think another – not to get too long-winded on this answer, but – another aspect would be um unpacking what why we think that way you know why why do i feel like i am nothing without competing or you know if i don't make the sale why do i feel like the world is ending <laughs> right. so uh i think that's that's also powerful too to be able to have self awareness and and examine like where does that thought and those beliefs come from?
0: Yeah, finding out where those stories, those words, and then because you mentioned something about changing the reality, really, really, it's about changing your perspective on reality. Yes, right. I can't. You couldn't. You couldn't change in that moment that you had blood clots, but you could change your perspective on that, and that's based on how you talk to yourself. And obviously, you're going to struggle with that in the moment. It's not like we're saying. You can't right. struggle, you can't have hard things or say everything's awesome. Um, but something else you mentioned there, and i the word stewardship, I've really enjoyed this word lately and thinking about it, hey, we're simply a steward of things we have, we've been entrusted with, right? Whether that's our stories, good and bad, right? We're entrusted to share that with others. So if you hadn't in that moment where you had the conversation with your mom, she said, I need to share this. Mm-hmm. A lot of other people wouldn't have benefited from your story, right? You didn't steward that. And same thing with your skills, your talents. If we've been given something and we hide it away out of fear of losing, then it actually prevents us from being all we can be instead. Think, I don't know how long I'm going to be an athlete for. I don't know how long I'm going to be a um, a father for a mother for husband, wife, whatever it might be, or business owner, but I'm going to do my everything, everything I possibly can to pursue excellence in this thing because it's not mine to keep. I'm going to be grateful for it. I can't hide it away. And that almost creates a healthy detachment from it saying, if I lose this thing tomorrow, I'm going to pursue something else to yeah. all that I can't possibly do.
1: I love that. Um, I talked about detachment from outcome and how that really enables athletes to perform so much better because a lot of the pressure the athletes put on them is, is self-imposed and, you know, the, we might perceive or think that it's coming from our parents and our coaches, but like, as you said, you can, we all have the choice to, uh, accept, reject, or neglect any thoughts, images, feelings that come into our consciousness. We have that ability as humans, which is great. And like you said, you know, if, if I fail at this thing and I don't make this team, I will be all right, you know, (laughs) and being able to, to change that perspective and, um, you can still, for me in the moment when I didn't make an Olympic team, yes, there's, I mean, there's obviously a flood of emotions and frustrations and, oh my gosh, I spent a decade of my life doing this thing and I quote unquote failed and I didn't Uh get what it is that my ultimate goal. And there's reasons for that. There's reasons of like why my attention was the lack of trust, the super attachment to outcome, which ultimately creates a ton of resistance. And whereas detachment, there's there's less resistance. It comes more. You're way more able to attract that the thing that you want into your life. And um, so you can accept this image of yourself as a winner and reject yourself as a loser or a failure you're able to do that and um it you know it obviously wasn't easy in the moment but i was able to do that and be like uh through unpacking and revisiting my life up until this point like i have so many experiences and not just within skeleton you know like skeleton my skeleton career is successful it was challenging and it was enlightening and um there's so many gifts You know, I'm a a firm believer that everything happens for a reason, as cliche as that sounds, because I would not be who I am today if I didn't have the blood clot experience, and I wouldn't be who I am today had I not made an Olympic team. I am a much better equipped and uniquely qualified coach because of those experiences, and that's the same is true for anybody who's quote-unquote failed uh, at their whatever their dream was. But um, I think that, yeah, being able to recognize that we do have the power to accept, reject, neglect, and everything that we've absorbed from outside influences, which which is the difficulty in in being a human being, is that there are the outside influences, particularly when we're young, like thoughts, ideas, images, that create our belief system and our conditioning. And when we're young, we're less able to accept, uh, reject, neglect, like have that choice. And, um, but we do still, even as adults, then accept or have some sort of an agreement consciously to further those beliefs. And so, yeah, I think just to, to go back to what you were saying just being able to have that like perspective shift is is really powerful. And it, it's not necessarily easy, but it's very, no. very significant and can be really rewarding.
0: I think it's easier with time too, right? It, it sounds sucky, but the more struggles you go through, the better you get at understanding them and going through them. So for yourself and people, you have the privilege of coaching, how do you help them navigate struggles? So, I mean, we're going to, continue to be met with resistance and inconsistencies in life. How do you help roadmap someone through that journey quicker? Um, And what does that look like?
1: So some of the pillars that I utilize, uh, one of the big, big ones is visualization. Another big one is self-talk. And I'm actually working with an athlete right now. She's a a triathlete training for her first half Ironman and uh, suffered an injury two weeks out from competing. And so it, in the moment, you know, that's a super whirlwind, highly emotional uh, event. And so a lot of it is, is initially reframing, like, okay, well, let's calm the nervous system down. And can we, um, I met you through Mark and Lifted, through uh, Mark England, through the Enlifted method, and we believe in writing stuff out. And, and it's super powerful because if you can take the stories that are swirling around in your mind and get them on paper, it's easier to digest them and examine them and find meaning. And so, for her, um, without getting into too much of it, but being able to one examine that story, get it out on paper, and get that frustration out, and then being able to, because that's that's how you can make a plan forward, right? Being able to examine this story. Also, see, like, where is there a connection here? The meaning that you've given this situation from stuff in your past, and how can we break that down, examine that story, and create a plan moving forward? So, for her, it was like, okay, well, in this situation, um, you know, you're not under some sort of timeline where you have to do this. Like, an Olympic cycle is once every four years, you only get one time to go to the Olympics in four years, right? So like there's other events in the fall. We can, what are the things that our, our, uh, are under our control? What are the things we can control? So, okay, you're not supposed to run, but we can swim. And then until like when you are swimming and you can focus on upper body training, then we can transition to biking and then running. And uh, still have, I, I believe it's important to Holds on to the vision of the thing that is that you want, so Napoleon Hill says that the greatest application of applied faith is keeping your mind focused on what it is that you want, so for me, in my experience with with the blood clots, they had told me that you may never be an athlete ever again. Well, I rejected that story, and then i held I, I created a new story. I was like, okay, well, my story is going to be that uh, they had originally said that I would be on blood thinners for over a year, possibly for my life, and that I might not ever compete ever again. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to recover <laughs> in under a year. And I had been playing this story in my mind of what I envisioned what healing would be like for me, what what that would be like. And so I've recommended the same thing for her. Like, okay, can let's imagine what you would feel like if you got cleared for this uh, the half Ironman, if you got cleared for that, what would that feel like? Can you, can you tap into that feeling and utilize that? Because that's way more healing than if we are dwelling in fear, doubt, worry, sadness, woe, all of that stuff. And so it's just a matter of one reframing the experience, getting the story out of our head and onto paper so we can examine that. And then really using visualization. And how we talk to ourselves, and some of that is ask is like, what if the good stuff? Wh- what what if I get cleared by this? What if I could heal by tomorrow? Like, I mean, it, and it sounds absolutely out there, right? Like, I'm I'm sure people listening are like, okay, well, you're they just told her that she's got this injury and she shouldn't compete. Like, why would you even? What if that stuff? And you never know. Like, you I've seen crazier things. i have I've been really really into. Uh, meditation. And I've been to some really amazing retreats from Dr. Joe Dispenza. And I've seen people who have literally gotten out of a wheelchair who could not walk people who were blind who can see like, I mean, the human being is capable of some really insane things, but it comes down to belief. So Mm -hmm. I, I'm like, I, nothing is off the table, you know, (laughs) like, it's just, I'm not going to say I'm, I am not the person to say that something's not possible for them. And in in fact, I am here to encourage them that it is possible. It is possible. And if it doesn't happen in the timeline that you want, like, okay, then we readjust and we make a new plan.
0: Right. Absolutely. Well, so I'm, I'm a Christian. I believe in miracles. And when you frame things, Basically, you're also inhibiting yourself from taking action. So yeah, say it's possible or not. So I had a really bad uh, L5S one disc bulge that um, couldn't feel my leg was atrophying in my leg, and I couldn't lift for. And I was hoping to go to the CrossFit Games. That was my goal. Yeah. And I went to a chiropractor who adjusted me, which he shouldn't have done, and it got worse. And then he told me you should probably shouldn't lift weights anymore. You should just become an endurance athlete. And which is a joke. Because I am 6'6 and <laughs> 25 and I do not like running. It's a joke in our, our family. Like everyone yeah. else runs my wife's side of the family and I don't run. So I was like, nope, same idea. I said, well, who are they to say what the story is going to end up be end up being, right? Why, why couldn't someone else, right? So in my mind, I said, okay. And actually, that's something you touched on too, is when we share our stories, of overcoming something, we are helping other people rewrite the stories that they might hear the opposite from someone else. Right. So, if a medical professional says something, hey, maybe they have some, maybe they're trying to help you, but sometimes they might speak out of <laughs> their timing. Right. But there's people out there who have overcome these things, mm-hmm. and you can believe that it's possible. It might take time. Or it might happen really quick, but you start to take action in the opposite direction. Because in definitely. reality, that's what's holding a lot of people back is just taking action, consistent action. If you enter into the victim mindset, you're preventing, you're handcuffing yourself, you're giving in, and you're definitely guaranteeing it's not going to happen.
1: It's exactly. I mean, you think about the analogy of putting a seed into a pot of soil. As long as you water and nurture it appropriately by law, it's going to grow. If you're coming and you're checking on it and taking it out of the soil to see if it's growing every five seconds, like, okay, you're going to, it's going to take longer, right? The time is going to, it's going to be a long time for the seed to sprout, but we have the ability to want unpack our thoughts, the ideas, images that are given either that come from us or come from outside sources. And we can choose to water different seeds of our potential, we can choose the seeds that we want to grow. And so it like in this moment that this, this athlete that is injured, I'm like, okay, where we direct our attention is, and and our energy, it, that's where, excuse me, where we direct our attention is where the energy goes. And what, I, it's to say the other analogy, what wolf do you want to feed? Like it, mm-hmm. we can, we can literally, we can talk to ourselves rather than listen so, cause there's always that voice, the doubt, the fear where that one's always talking, but can you, can you talk to yourself more than you're listening to that voice? And I heard a really interesting perspective today on how, um, this coach was working with an athlete and said, uh, let's say I need Matt to understand his greatness. So in that moment, maybe, I mean, I'm, I don't want to speak for you, but you as Matt are like, okay, there's a third person here. <laughs> like cause, cause, you recognize that there's a Matt, but that like there's a there's a greater consciousness at, at work here. And so I can put my energy towards towards that, that higher consciousness, that God, that source, universe, what, whatever makes you most comfortable, um to, to say. And as a Christian, you need to say, God, that power is within us innately. And we've been told and led to believe that that power isn't there but we have that power we can tap into that power and that's what if i could give a message to people that would that would be it like you have so much power at your disposal at that we 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 don't even know the the capability and the potential that you could tap into if you if you truly believed in it and utilized it we just don't even know
0: right? It changes the mindset, changes the actions from that point forward. If you could say the difference between, because you've probably worked with a number of athletes, if there's like a separator between someone being a really high performer and someone being pretty good, what would be the separator of that for that you've noticed?
1: It is how quickly they... One, reframe struggle, obstacles, um, injuries, setbacks, anything like that, how quickly they can reframe that and bounce back and and adjust course. And it does, it really does come down to self-talk like that. All of these things tie in together, right? It's like, I can reframe that because my self-talk and I'm super aware of my self-talk. So it's, I would say it's um, reframing and their level of self-awareness as well. And someone who is, and and that's the, a big separator at the highest level of, of anything is the mindset because in elite sport, everybody, they've got all the skill, right? They've, everyone's dedicated. They prioritize their, their training. And for the most part, people prioritize their, their sleep and their recovery. The ones who are, I guess I would say that the other thing, I guess I would say the other thing is consistency the consistency in their routines their habits of excellence and which leads to self awareness so their how quickly they can reframe their consistency their self talk and that's that is what separates people it's it's literally mindset it's that's all it is it's the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves and that is truly it, it as simple as that sounds that's what separates the good from the great.
0: I think that's frustrating for people too, right? And sometimes I find it frustrating because you know this. Everyone talks about mindset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> talks about, this is the separator. Well, what does that mean? Well, it's, it's really the story you tell yourself, the way you view the world and the actions you take from that. I, had a, I have a, um, a client I'm working with. He, he needs double hip, hip surgery and he's going to 20-year-old year in the WHL and he wants to play professional And we talked this morning and we talked about the little mindset shifts, even in practice, like if you get scored on, instead of dwelling on that, hey, what could I have done better, right? And those micro little deposits, as I call them, those micro deposits changes drastically who you are in the future, right? Whether you're an athlete or you're an entrepreneur, whatever it is, it's those people that can consistently, and that's not perfection, consistently do the small things day in and day out, or maybe miss a day, but they're committed to being consistent. They're the ones in the long run that get the, that um, principle of compounding interest Yeah, for habits. Because I, I, it happens with habits too. It's not just money, right? What you continually feed, you're growing. And what you're nurturing, you're growing.
1: Exactly. I love that. Um, you touched on like, it affects what actions you take. Our thoughts create our feelings, our feelings are, go into action, and our action produces results. And the, the results are ultimately what matters for most people, right? And mm-hmm. um, I think another, what came to me when you were talking, another aspect of like the, what separates the great from average would also be uh, in relation to the stories that they tell themselves about themselves is when they have a situation that's a setback um, or a negative experience that they are, they're, they're able to reframe it in a way that this negative instance is temporary. It's this one time in this one place, and it's not representative of me. And, Mm. um, I think I would say athletes who are at a, you know, less accomplished and whatever that actually means, (laughs) a lower level are thinking that it's always happening to me. It's global. And this represents me. This, this has the, so it's assigning meaning how, what a meaning are you assigning to this negative experience? And it's like, well, you know, you just didn't, you just didn't make the shot. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> like, and that, I mean, that's oversimplifying it. Like for sure, there's a lot that like, has gone into making, trying to make that shot. But um, it's, it is, it's a, it's a perspective shift and the meaning that we, that we give these stories we tell ourselves.
0: Have you found that those that can, I'll, let me say it this way. How hard is it for some athletes to switch off? Like, let's say they, they have families, they have. People outside of the profession, how difficult is that for some of them to switch that off and be present in the other aspects of their life? We're talking about the fit five system there.
1: Yeah, so like I said, because it's such a, a short time frame in most athletes' lives, uh, it's very challenging. I have found, <laughs> and so um, I encourage some sort of mindfulness. Meditation, disconnecting, um, some of the routines and habits that we establish ha- have to do with like like disconnecting from your phone, ha- giving oh. yourself 1% of your day that's dedicated just to you and your presence and whether that also has to be like things in your life that need to be addressed in relationships that that time needs to be given there. Because ultimately that, that plays into their happiness and the joy that we're experiencing, and that will affect your performance. And so it's, it does, it takes a lot of awareness and coordinate. I mean, it's planning. It really is. It's, it's, uh, the, the most successful athletes are very diligent with their time and mm. sometimes, yeah, sometimes it is skewed towards, okay, well, I need to wake up at this time and meditate at this time and eat at this time and recover and da 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 But if we can schedule, like so I I really like using time blocking. Yep. And if you can schedule and you know, like relatively what your schedule looks like on a day-to-day basis, certainly things fluctuate. Like this phone call went over by 20 minutes, whatever. There's certainly adjustments we have to make. But making time for one ourselves so that we can spend time alone with us to create that that greater awareness. But scheduling time, I, like, again, this sounds so simple that you're like, oh, of course, sure. Schedule that date with your wife. Of course. <laughs> like, it sounds really simple. Um, But scheduling that time for your family, like, okay, this is when I shut my phone off and I'm not available to talk to my clients anymore because I want to spend time with my wife and kids. You know, and it's just a matter of of having those habits, which are not the easiest things. Um, but establishing those habits, and again, that circles back to why? Why are you doing that? what is your yeah. purpose for doing so? So it all ties in together.
0: <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. So I use the verbiage of, um, the vocabulary of deposits. Yeah, I like that. I look at this whole Fit5 system as mental, physical, spiritual, relational, professional. And sometimes you're going to have to get out of balance. Like if you want to be the top of whatever you're doing, you're going to have to get out of balance. So CrossFit, I own a CrossFit gym. The idea is that you are able to move long or heavy loads, long distances quickly. You're able to increase work capacity across broad times and modal domains. So what that means is I'm not going to enter a deadlift or a strongman competition and win. I'm not going to enter a marathon and win. If I want to enter a marathon or or win a marathon or win at strongman, I'm going to have to get unbalanced. And it's going to be a little bit unhealthy. If we take the same concept, the same model to this Fit5 system, Mm -hmm. if I want to be a really good athlete and I only have a short period of time, you have to have those conversations with those around you and say, like, keep me accountable, but I need to really push for this. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also important why we use, I like to use the idea of deposits. You create these zones in your day, these zones of time, whether it's your physical, your mental, your f- spiritual, your relational, you create these zones, which you are undividedly giving your attention to and you're making deposits in those timeframes frames. And like you said, your job is not to dictate the outcome. You're doing this because you know from learning and from evidence and everyone else that when you consistently, intentionally invest your time, money, and energy in these areas, you're going to get a, hopefully a positive outcome. But if you're so worried about putting everything in one of these aspects of the flywheel, when you reach this accomplishment, you might get like a accomplishment dump, right? Or like your drop, you're at the podium and then, then what? So have you seen that? Have you seen that happen?
1: Definitely. Uh, I think mental health issues in the athletic space, particularly in Olympic sports is uh, it's, it's rampant, right? And part of that is has to do with the identity of tying their identity and their purpose to just this one thing. And, um, I mean, people, they do, they, they lose their minds or they go into like really significant depression. Um, there's been really tragic incidents with with suicide and really sad, sad stuff because like, even if, as you said, in in these zones and making deposits, even if you can't in this, in the visible physical space, be making those deposits. So like, the one that comes easiest to mind is in relationships. I was traveling the world six months out of the year for um, for my sport. I lived out of a suitcase. I, it, it's hard to be in connection with people in different time zones and all of that. So I, I can totally relate to how that type of stuff gets out of balance. But then if you can still make space and deposit into those areas, in the quote unquote, invisible in the spiritual realm. And we, so in the visible, we think of like these, those, that's our five senses that, that we experience. And, but the in, invisible, so the spiritual, the, some of the mental side of um like, the, I would say these are quadrants. So like the mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, in the invisible side Is very very powerful, and to make those deposits on that side as well, whether that's through meditation and mindfulness, prayer, and making those deposits in those areas when you can't physically do it in this time and space, is also Mm -hmm. is also positive, and that that could come from journaling, uh, like I said, prayer, meditation. Meditation was my route to to engage the the spiritual side and the mental side. but there's certainly times where, like you said, that that dump after particularly um, an Olympic cycle is so drastic. And part of it is because of the sheer amount of focus and energy and the outside stress and pressure. And there's a lot going on. It's, it's like, I mean, it's draining for your central nervous system. So it's like natural that you're going to have all of this adrenaline and it's going to drop. I mean, it's, it's not like a drug you're going to come down, you're going to have a have withdrawals. And that's, that's what it comes down to. And it's like, I think also having the awareness ahead of time, that that like after a peak event like that, uh, the Olympics is a really a good example, but that could happen for any like championship event or peak peak event that someone's training for that there, there's this come down after that. And I think knowing that and, and some athletes might not realize that. They're going to be like, oh, I'm going to go to the Olympics. I'm going to be happy forever. Like, <laughs> right. And uh, they, they might not know, which is, which is tough. But I think um, having to go off on a, a small tangent, there's, there are things that can help us grow our dreams and or do the op- opposite, hurt our dreams. And one of the biggest things is support and utilizing a support system. And, um, when I was competing during the Olympic year, so I'm in the military and I wasn't allowed to compete the season prior to the Olympics. And it was very frustrating because I'm watching my teammates and everyone else around the world go and compete in races that I had earned and couldn't compete in. And I adjusted and, you know, I did what I could, but when it came down to, to competing, in the season, I was so attached to my prior successes and outcomes that I was unable to be present and I was not tapped into my purpose and my why of competing. So I was very, very attached to I need to be doing this. I should be doing this because I did, I placed third here last year. So I should right. be placing third here or better. Um, and it was again to, back to the meaning I was giving to my performance, what I was saying about me. And I could have utilized a support system better because I, I felt like, well, I should know better because I've done all this mindset work on myself, <laughs> all this introspective work. So I should know better and I can get myself out of this. And I said earlier, you know, we we come here and we the connection piece is very important. And being an athlete can be very isolating, especially in individual sports. And so it's really important to have a a solid support team that actually supports us. That doesn't, isn't there just saying like, yeah, you know, I want you to do it. like actually believes in you and supports you, who can give you guidance and as well as having really solid mentors. And that's, it comes back to the connection piece, like that's another um I think would help people in that that come down after the the big event the withdrawals is having a really solid support team, and part of that is is spiritual as well,
0: yeah, yeah, and I so talk, talking about deposits and spiritual deposits every morning I've made it, so I do a prayer and gratitude ruck, I learned from one of my buddies oh, Scott nice. Ram give him a shout out, so I pray i gratefulness. I come back, I read my Bible. And it's, those are the type of deposits that are difficult to attach something to. But it, they're also the ones that you notice when you don't do them. It's yes. funny when I coach people, I help them build their morning routines. I help them build these things, these deposits, this structure, this, this blueprint, entrepreneurial blueprint, I call it. And they don't really notice in the moment this morning, your team the benefits of it, but you really notice it when you don't do it. And it's the same thing in the gym setting because I own a gym too. It's people come in, they've been there for a couple months, and they miss a week, and they come back like, "Oh, this is what it feels like." I didn't know because i have nothing to compare <laughs> this to, right?
1: Right, and that that's like again the back to the you said like it's not tangible, but it's it's the invisible, and the invisible is very very powerful even if it's something that you can't see you can't touch tangibly and with your five senses but it's there it's, i guess it would be the sixth sense right <laughs> it's the the invisible um it's so so powerful i love i absolutely love this analogy of making deposits i, I really really like it a lot
0: <laughs> it's, yeah i've enjoyed it because it it detaches you from also having to see something right away the results right away mm. because it's essentially you think i'm making deposits that are going to compound into something in the future we all know this like we know most of us know this to be true i'm making deposits that are going to compound interest but then physically i'm going to go to the gym i'm going to make this deposit yeah i might get some feedback get some uh, endorphins i'll get some sweat so i know something's happening but i'm i know that if i make this deposit it's going to compound i just have to worry about taking the action making the deposits creating an identity, a lifestyle around being the person that takes consistent action in all areas of my life and being consistent in that, which will lead to the results.
1: I love that. I think that the compounding, that's such a great, and I'm absolutely loving it right now. (laughs) So great job. Because again, I think that one of the reasons why I didn't make an Olympic team, for example, is that I was, um, I had really solid habits and routines and things that I was doing that had certainly contributed to my success in the past, mm-hmm. but I was attaching so much to them that I was like, like I, like I said, with the seed analogy, I was like, okay, I'm doing these things that made me successful. Where are the results? Where are they? Where are they? It's not there. It's not there. It's not there. And it's like checking the seed. Like, oh, I planted this seed and I want to see if it's growing. Oh, is it there yet? When is this coming? When is it going to sprout? And it's being able to have faith, that trust in like, I know that because, because we are having a human experience, we, we don't have the luxury, unfortunately, of like you said, I I don't know my, my macro purpose. We don't have that perspective to be able to zoom out to a bird's eye view and know exactly like every deal. We just, we don't have that luxury. So it's like- I have to have faith I can, or I can, I can have faith and apply faith that my actions are compounding over time and I can get what it is that I want. And I just trust, I just have an inner knowing, a belief that it's going to happen. And that again, comes, comes back to what we're saying to ourselves. What are, what are we saying? Uh, the self-talk and the beliefs that we have, it, it, it comes from our faith our thoughts and our feelings and um that's super powerful like that that trust that faith faith is a is a is a great word um but i think that like trust is is applicable here as well having the trust that i i can't see the outcome but i know it's there
0: right and then also redefining success cuz de- success is an arbitrary thing that keeps <laughs> being redefined right so yeah the outcome I want now might not be the outcome that is in my best interest either, mm-hmm. right? Just say So how do you navigate that with people you get to work with? How do you balance helping them achieve the top level of their sport while also having that conversation in the background and saying, there's still life after this. And there is this kind of, if you achieve this, you need to create this circle around you, these purpose outside of this success or this work?
1: Oh, that's a, that's a really solid question. Um, hmm. so again, I think it would come back to having that perspective. I personally am not like, Hey, you need to be thinking about your life after, after sport right now. Um, until it get I guess to that point. Right. And I, right. I think I reiterate that everything happens for a reason. So even with uh, the, the triathlete, that example I gave before, like, okay, so there was a reason this happened. We can examine why that happened and we learned from it. There's a, This is an opportunity for us to learn and adjust and grow moving forward. And I think um, being able to do that and reframe like, okay, there's a lesson in all of these things. So for me as well, when I didn't make an Olympic team, I was like, that was... It's frustrating to me but that was what was supposed to happen because that's what did happen. And so it's like right. are you going to argue reality? Like what that's like super painful. You are asking for so much suffering when you do that. And it's yeah. like having being able to have the acceptance of this thing which which doesn't mean don't feel your emotions. Like it, it feel your emotions. That's another reason why people experience suffering. They don't want to feel and being allowed yeah allowing yourself to feel and examine these stories which most powerfully is writing them out and um, examining your purpose and your why all of those things allowing yourself to truly feel and realize like okay the, this is the reality like it is what it is <laughs> another like cliche statement it is what it is this is reality mm-hmm. and I I'm accepting that this is the case. Like I accepted that I didn't make an Olympic team and I believed wholeheartedly that I was not supposed to be there. And, and a part of my intuition told me that, that I wasn't supposed to be for, for, I mean, who knows? I like, I I'm in the military. We were going to China. Like you just have, I have no idea. Um, and I, as like simple again, as it is, it's having that faith that there is a greater purpose for this experience for me. I just mm-hmm. I don't have the luxury of seeing it yet. We, when we look at the the timeline of our lives, we can look backwards and connect the dots, but we we don't have the luxury of doing that when we're looking forward. Unfortunately, or for, fortunately actually, because that's what makes life exciting.
0: Right. <laughs> so I think Matthew Hayes says something along the lines of life's a mystery going forward, but a story when you look back.
1: Yeah, exactly. A story that and we can unpack.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. And the, when you're mentioned, like when you're talking there, it's hey, leverage your past, your failures, your stories, your successes for growth in the present. Be present mm-hmm. enough to take action on what you can control. Let go of what you can't control, but then anchor yourself and have a vision for the future that you want to work towards, even if it's not exactly what you end up doing in the future. Right. Yep. Having that purpose, something that you're going towards. And I think. Even if we take it outside the athletic pursuit, if we talk about entrepreneurs, high performers, they get so focused on this next marker of success. Mm -hmm. It says having more compass-based outlook on life and saying, I want to impact X amount of people. I want to help X amount of people. Or I want to help people do this, that, or this. And I'm sure that's kind of what you rely on too with your profession is you're just helping people, not just, you're helping people do this continually. And there's no finish line in sight. As soon as we create the finish line that stops us from pushing forward. And then we're just doing things for a momentary gratification of an arbitrary measurement of success.
1: Yes. (laughs) I, I, I do like how you said that, like, what, what is success? Right. But I think, um, as you touched on too, like the vision aspect, the only way that we can have a vision is knowing what our purpose is again, like writing down what we want and why. And when we have a vision of what we think that look might look like, and what we, in this present moment, this present version of Megan has a vision for how I'm helping people moving forward, what my relationships look like. I And again, I don't have the luxury of knowing in the future what that looks like, but by having a vision, then we can have that. That's the only way we can set goals that are aligned with those things. And when, when we don't have a purpose, a vision goals, that that's when we experience suffering truly, (laughs) because we just don't have any, like a guiding compass and, it's almost like we're, we're floundering if you don't have put in a destination on your GPS and you're expecting to show up at there with wherever that is. you're just gonna be driving around aimlessly, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I think having like a, a defined why, what, and why, and I I do think it's really powerful. Like I said before, I, I, visualization is super, super powerful. It's one of my tenants that I use when I work with athletes is utilizing visualization. I visualize all of the time, all of the things, and, and maybe they didn't cut, turn out exactly as I had visualized, but um, because I was able to utilize my subconscious mind as like, I have already done this. I'm grateful for this. I can generate those feelings of accomplishing this thing that I want. Um, it allowed uh, so many other things to fall into place through, through the power of my subconscious mind, through God, the universe, source. So many opportunities then present themselves and that's, that's super powerful. I think having a vision is, is critical. I think that's, that's what gives us our, our guiding, you know, the, our our aim, what, what are we aiming at here?
0: (laughs) What's the target? And then it also demystifies it a bit for people too, is thinking the analogy of saying, Hey, I want you to go out listeners, try this Go out today and count all the white cars you see. In your mind, you're going to think, I saw way more white cars. There must have been more white cars out there today or red cars, whatever you want to count. Right. (laughs) In reality, you're just looking for it, right? So that's demystifying. You're just changing your perspective, your outlook on life. And then you can do that same thing for professional opportunities, for athletic opportunities, for quote unquote failures. You're changing your perspective. You're saying in this moment, and that's what you did going back to when you got that news, it might've taken some time, but you're saying, where's the opportunity in this? Because there Mm -hmm. is opportunity. But if you've trained your mind and your subconscious to look for the negatives, you're going to take action on the negatives continually. And it's just going to be this downward spiral.
1: Definitely. And we, when you go back to the vision aspect, and I love that you use the analogy with the white cars and um, that study with the gorillas where, uh, they had, people were like, okay, I want you to count how many basketball passes are between these people. And they had s- somebody walk through in a gorilla suit. And then they were like, how many gorillas did you see? And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Cause they're not focusing on it. And, um, <laughs> so that's really funny, but we, we like think that. in, we think in picture, I'll have to, I can't think of the study off the top of my head, but I'll, I'll send it to you. Um, but we think in pictures as well. That's another reason why visualization is so powerful. So when Matt just said, listeners, go and count all of the white cars, like you immediately think of a white car, like an image of a white car, whatever that is, could be a white Tesla. like something comes to mind, or if I say, Hey, picture a car, you're likely going to picture the car that you drive most likely, or the, maybe the car that you really, really want comes to mind. I would like a BMW i8. That's the one that comes to my mind. (laughs) so when uh, the other the other side of that is that when we ask people to tell us what what does your ideal life look like or what does it look like when you achieve your dreams the picture is usually fuzzy and they're like "Mm, I don't I don't know I kind of thought about this once before i maybe I'd like a house with a pool (laughs) and so that picture of that vision as you said It needs to be clear so that we know what we're aiming at. We know what the target is and we can then attract that into our lives. And I think defining it again, like in writing is super powerful, but also depending on the athlete, because sometimes they're not, receptive; they might not be receptive or it doesn't jive with them. But uh, I also recommend using vision boards because we think in pictures um, and using that to attract what it is that that we want and being like, well, what does this look like? So when, I, when I first start working with somebody and they come to me, I ask them, what does success look like for you? So uh, they can right. paint a picture. What does that look like? What are we aiming at? As you said. And yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's the only way or not the only way it's the most powerful way for it to be defined. And so we can develop a plan and attract what it is that we want.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned that you brought the car part of, and when you're talking, they looking for white cars. You can think of that as an, as an active thing, like going mm-hmm. outside, I could stand on my street and watch for cars. <laughs> but even, even if I'm sitting here and I start thinking, well, I think I saw a white car yesterday parked on this block. So it starts to get your mind to work, to look for those opportunities right yes, so if you solution exactly so if you're thinking yeah. more of a professional entrepreneurial sense you're looking for the solution right so instead of saying hey i lost that sale today or i didn't do this you're saying well what could i learn from this oh they mentioned something about this this and this in the sales meeting i can create some marketing around the problem they're having to maybe reach mm-hmm. someone who is ready right so it's you're actively participating that you're not just waiting for this thing to happen. And I, I like that you mentioned that, and it kind of got that going in my brain a bit more.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and like we are, the the power of our subconscious mind is, is amazing. And I think, um, sometimes we'll use like clo- you're closing the loop on your, your brain by, um, when we utilize self-talk with some of my clients that it will be, I've kind of changed uh, the affirmation stuff just from what I'm learning with in lifted, but we would use affirmations with the word because in them. So since we have, you know, unconscious limiting beliefs, sometimes when we start to tell ourselves like what it is that we want and that we are capable of achieving it, our our ego is like, no, uh, no, uh, you're you're not very strong, Megan, because you failed at this back squat the other day. So if you're like, well, I am strong because I three rep max, you know, whatever it is, hundred kilos, 120 kilos. Um, so when you give it a, you close that loop, then it, it can't argue with you. It's less likely to argue with you. And the same, like you said, if you're, if you're posing the question, well, what if, and it's, it makes your mind look for the solution and it will often come to you in moments of stillness. that that solution will come to you because you're allowing like the divine and your higher self and that consciousness to come through. And so you can pose that question. Well, well, how can I get that sale next time? And when you allow yourself to, you know, disconnect and have that moment to yourself and just have some, some silence, (laughs) often it will come to you or when your mind is not actively thinking about that thing, uh, so you might be doing the dishes and you'll be like, oh, I, got, I have the solution. I know exactly yep. what it is that I need to do. <laughs> and that that's super fascinating. I love hearing people's experiences like that. Have you ever experienced something like that where you're like, I have this problem that I'm trying to solve. And if, I'm just curious if something comes to mind um,
0: Yeah, all the time. And I think that's another important thing for people listening is you need to get bored more often or do flow state activities. Definitely, so for constantly to our phone we're just intaking everyone else's perspectives we're we're tuned into our phone instead of actually listening and and letting our minds work subconsciously so shower for me uh, mowing yeah. the lawn um going for a walk sometimes when working out anything that is flow state and my definition of flow state is something that you can do without really thinking about it where you your hands are busy washing the dishes you're mowing the lawn and also for me I really like to get away once a quarter and get into the mountains. And there's this, this uh, spa, which is a Nordic spa. There's sauna. There's uh, ice tubs. And I can't connect with anything on my phone. And I swear, I could tell my wife I have 10, 20 different ideas because yes. I have the space, right? You're not connected to anything else to distract you. So get bored more often.
1: Uh, for sure. And the nature aspect is also like super grounding. And it can be re- like when you go to a beach, it feels very healing, right? That's why people like go and relax at the beach or hike in the mountains because it's also very awe-inspiring being like, oh, there's this, I am just like, I'm this little little thing on this planet and look at these miraculous surroundings. That's That's super inspiring and very, very powerful. And the other part about like the disconnecting and having that time the, the phrase, know thyself. A, a lot of people don't know again, but like they have no idea what it is that they want and why, because they have not spent any time with themselves. And there's a big struggle with, with self-love and self compassion. And uh, and that's you know, that's not just for athletes, that's for a lot of people. And that that ties back into like the, the victim mindset as well that, well, I don't even, I don't even know who I am. So how can I have an idea of what I want and why I want it when I, I, I can't even sit still with myself. Like I'm attached to my phone from the moment I open my eyeballs in the morning. Right?
0: You know? You're continually consuming and regurgitating everything else. Yeah. That people are saying success with arbitrary measurements of success. And then you think you need to pursue that very thing for what they're projecting as happiness so a lot of people on social they're they're just showing their happiest self right right? and they're saying I'm happy yeah discard this or this so then it's just like this continual motion of well if I get that thing then I'm gonna be happy and then once I get that thing oh I'm still not happy and that's why it's more important to worry about who you are and what you do rather than letting what you do define who you are and that's more present
1: exactly and I think uh, what like watching what you consume and and encouraging our clients or athletes to be consuming information that is new to them, like their mental diet. What is it that you are most like putting in because all of that stuff ultimately, and I mean, I use social media, so I'm not I'm not above this and saying, like, oh, you should get off social media. Yeah. Um, but I had recommended to this triathlete who got injured before. Hey, maybe we should, this is causing you a lot of stress. She has her own business as well. This is causing you a lot of stress. So we should take a social media detox for the six weeks leading up to this competition so that it's less of a a stressor for you. Um, Because ultimately that stuff that you're consuming, we willingly or unwillingly let that into our consciousness. And if we don't actively reject some of the information that we're seeing, It ultimately filters down into our, oops, into our subconscious mind and affects our, our beliefs about ourselves. And so ultimately one, what are you consuming information wise as as songs as well as, as, you know, as lame and like old geezer as that sounds, (laughs) The, the songs that you listen to all of that stuff and the words that you speak, it it's so, so important. And it's really easy to over overlook that type of stuff, but also who are you surrounding yourself with that your vibe is based on your tribe. And so who are you surrounding yourself with? What are they doing? And that the, the adage about like, you're the product of the most, the, the five people you spend the most time with. And so if five of your friends are drug addicts, you're most likely going to end up being a drug addict. And just right. because of that's who you're surrounding yourself with. And um, you, unless you have amazing self-awareness, To rise up and be a leader, well, then your tribe's going to change because you're not going to fit in there anymore unless you're really elevating the group. Um, So that's that's really powerful too, and that's again goes back to being what is um, what feeds into people's success. What's a dream grower is that support, that support system, uh, the guidance that you receive, the mentors that you have are all they all shape you, and we all have a, a choice on who those people are and what that information is that we're consuming.
0: Absolutely. I like to think of it as soul and mental macros. So we nice. think of what we eat.
1: Food, oh, that's so good.
0: <laughs> food, right? Yeah, That's going to your body into something if you eat certain macros. So what are you consuming for your mind and for your soul? And that will be how you view the world. And again, it's just kind of the same deposit language. It makes it more understandable. And demystifies it a lot more, right? It's that unseen thing that you know when you watch people when they surround themselves with different people. They're consuming these (laughs) these nutrients, these macros, yeah, that eventually change who they are in the future.
1: Yeah, so it's like, are you consuming some some junk food or having like gourmet? (laughs) I love that analogy. Did you come up with that? Is it your the OG thought from Matt?
0: (laughs) I did. it is. And I think something about truths is I didn't come up with it. I think I just uncovered it in a different language. So I, I think like I can't it. put it. I can't. I would like to put a trademark behind yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> if uses it. Just quote me or something. Great. I will.
1: Soul and mental macros. Deposits. Yeah.
0: Keep Deposits. depositing
1: into your zones, everybody. <laughs>
0: Megan, this has been so fantastic. I think we need to do another one because I want to continue Oh, 100%. To talk.
1: I'll come back anytime yeah. you want, Matt. Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> so where can people find you? How can you help them? And is there anything you want to close out with?
1: Sure. So I am at the Savage Megalit on all social media channels. Uh, I have a website pending. So if you go to thesavagemagalit.com, it it was not there yet. (laughs) Um, But the easiest way to reach out to me is on social media or Megan at the savage megalit.com. And the last thing that I would like to tell people is that you have you are just so much more powerful than you can possibly imagine. And it is possible for you to tap into that power. And part of that comes from the words that we use, because it affects our thoughts, our feelings, and ultimately our actions. And if you want help with that, I can certainly help. I love it. It's my passion. And yeah, I can help you get aligned in what it is that you want too. So
0: (laughs) thank you, Megan. I appreciate it. Everyone, thank you for listening. Have time to leave a five-star review and share with your friends. This has been an amazing episode. And if you're an entrepreneur who wants to profit in business without bankrupting your personal life, give me a shout.